Um, why don't you do me a favor, um, open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter one. If you're new with us this morning, um, we've just started a new teaching series. The teaching series is called Biblical Leadership, The Role of Elders. We've taken a pause, we pushed pause on the cassette player. Um, many of you guys know what a cassette player is. If you're young, you probably don't know what a cassette player is. But we, pre we press pause on our um, book uh, series in the book of Acts. And we've decided that we're gonna spend the next couple of weeks um, talking about biblical leadership. What does the Bible say about leadership? Who are those leaders? Why do we need those leaders in the church? So we're in the second week of that. We have three more weeks and we're, we're taking a slow drive in the Bible. Um, we're gonna somehow um, land in Philippians one. Um, last service, I was supposed to go to Titus chapter one, verse five, but you know me, I start yapping and next thing you know, um, we didn't get to Titus chapter one, but, but, we'll, but we're gonna attempt to go from Philippians one, Acts chapter 14, and then Titus 1.5. And, and our goal this morning um, is simply to, to ask two questions. The title, oh, let me tell you the title, yes. The title of today's sermon is called Authorized to Lead. And, um, and essentially, the, the reason why I say that is that we all, God has all called us to lead. S, every single one of us, look at me, if you're in this room or watching online, thank you for watching, you are called to lead, Right? You're either called to lead in the church or in your homes or at work. We all have a calling, but within the church, everyone is called to a position. Everyone's called to a role. God has given you gifts. God has given you talents. God has given you capacity, abilities to share within the church. That's why the Bible uses the illustration of a body. Because the way a body functions is that every part is important. The hand is as important as the elbow. The feet are just as important as the legs. The eyes are just as important as the nose and the mouth. Uh, like every single person has a role. Every single person has a position. Every single person has a talent and a gift that God has given them to be used within the church, to be shared among the people of God, to be seen among the family of faith. Like everyone has a role. Everyone is called to lead. Now, in the church, there are various roles, different positions, different ways that we can serve and lead. And today, we're gonna to ask two questions. The first question is, why do we need leaders in the church? Why, why do we need leaders in the church? The second question, I'll give it to you now, but we'll talk about it later, is who are the leaders of the church? But, but why do we need leaders? So, so in that sense, we are all called to be leaders in some form or fashion. And then in this series, we're focusing our attention on the elders. What, why do we need elders? Why do we need leaders um, to oversee the function and manage the church? That's the first question, why, why we need them. And, and I'm gonna give you three quick points of, of why we need biblical leaders in the church. Why do we need overseers in the church? The first reason is because the Bible tells us that we need leaders. Scripture prescribes leaders to be present within the church. And I don't know about you, but like, I don't think I've ever worked in an organization or been in a group where there wasn't a leader. Like, 
For some reason in God's design, we see this back all the way to Genesis, that God raises up people among his people to lead and guide, right? Like, who are some of the people that you can think of of the Old Testament, right? I can, I think, I can think of Noah, right, to build the ark. Think of Abraham, God calls him to leave his land, to go and, and be in another place. He takes his family, he takes all the servants, he takes all his people with him, right? Then, then you think of Moses, right? Like probably the most prominent leader, well, I don't know, between him and David, one of them is more prominent, but, but Moses, right, like was called by God to go to Egypt and to rescue his people out of Egypt and then, <laughs> you wanna know what a real leader is, is like a real leader is the guy who has to lead the people, not when they're good times, but when they're bad times, right? Like think about it, 40 years in the desert, and he's told by God, listen, I'm gonna take them into the promised land. There's gonna be, there's gonna be cities and you're gonna have land to cultivate and, and you're gonna prosper. But hey, by the way, you ain't gonna go in. Like imagine that, like being the leader of millions of people, God has given you a promise and you have to lead them in the wilderness. Dark times, difficult times, uneasy times frustrating times, overwhelming times, but, but God calls leaders, right, to lead his people. Why do we have leaders in the church? It's because the Bible tells us that we need leaders. The Bible shows us that we need leaders. The Bible raises up individuals to captivate the hearts and minds of the people to lead them through difficult times and awesome times, right? King Solomon was a leader in his own right, and prospered tremendously. He was able to lead the people of God in wisdom during good times, peaceful times, the Bible says. God raises up leaders because the Bible prescribes it. The second reason why God raises up leaders, particularly elders in the church, overseers in the church, is because they're a gift to the church. Leaders are gifts to the church. Um, and here's why, just a couple of reasons why um, leaders are gifts to the church. We see this in Ephesians chapter four. We've gone through a series in Ephesians and Ephesians chapter four says, right, that Jesus gave us, the, the spirit of God gives us shepherds to what? Equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up the body of Christ. Jesus builds up his flock by giving us qualified individuals to lead. That's a gift. Also, leaders are a gift because people are messy, right? Right? Yes. Yeah, you, you're acting like you're not messy. Trust me, I know. Um, like, we're messy. In fact, we're all sheep, right? Like, we're messy and dirty and, and we need help. We need guidance, we need wisdom, right? Like, who's the person you call on the phone when you're overwhelmed with life's problems? Oftentimes, if you're a believer, you call the leader of the church, you call the person who has spiritually influenced you, right? When there's conflict within the church, you have baby mama drama with somebody in the nursery because the kid pulled your kid's hair and now your kid is screaming bloody murder. Who do you call? You don't call the pastor, by the way, who's preaching. That is a rule, a new rule. First, first of all, you don't want me in the nursery. 
You don't want me in the nursery. I mean, the Lord has gifted me in ways, but he has not gifted me with children to carry and let them spit up on me and <laughs> change diaper. I don't know how you guys do it. It's, that's a grace that God has not given me. Um, right, but like when there's conflict in the church, who do you call? The leaders of the church, right? Because the goal is for them to bring unity, to bring health, to, to bring us together, right? Like those are gifts from the Lord, right? Uh, another gift that leaders bring is the, the abilities and talents that the spirit of God has placed in them that he is cultivating in their hearts and in their minds for the betterment of the church. That's a gift. Yes, I am a gift to you. You are welcome. <laughs> no, but, but, but in seriousness, like the leaders of the church are gifts. Like there are leaders in my own life who are not necessarily in this church, pastors and friends who have spoken words of life in me. Like, have you ever been in a place where you just needed encouragement? You needed someone to listen, right? Like, you just needed someone to help you understand and you pick up the phone and oftentimes that's the leader who says, you can do it. God is gracious, God is loving, he is kind. His mercy endures forever. They are new every day. Stand firm in the faith. Like, that's the benefit of having leaders in the church that they would encourage you. And as a gift, right? Like. As a gift, remember that every leader, elders of the church, pastors, and teachers of the church should always do, as a gift to you, is point you to Jesus. Right, like if they're pointing you to themselves or a help book, like here are five things I've written that you ought to follow, like no, 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 like they point you to Jesus. That's a gift because oftentimes we are very much tempted to be led astray to other teachings and other beliefs and other uh, systems and, and we have leaders in the church to point us back to Jesus who says come back to Jesus, right? Like that's a true leader in the church, the person that tells you come back. It's okay, come back. And also the reason, why has, the reason why God has given us leaders is because they have purpose. They have a role in the church. And ultimately, their role is to shepherd and oversee the life of the church by protecting the church from false doctrine and false systems that we're tempted to follow and lead. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in the future when we talk about the roles of elders. And next week, we'll talk about the character and heart of an elder. But I wanted to see in, in a more general sense, in an overview, right, that the reason why we need biblical leaders, the reason why we need elders in the church in this local church is so that, that you can be encouraged, I can be encouraged. Scripture encourages us to have leaders. They're, they're not only encouraged, but they're, they're gifts to us, especially during difficult times. So now, the second question that we're here to answer is, who are the leaders of the church? Let's look at Philippians chapter one. Philippians chapter one is a short verse. I'll read verse two as well. And and it's going to be a, a difficult verse because you're going to look at it and you say, wait a minute, this is an introduction. Doesn't say much, but, but it speaks volumes to, to why we need elders and, and who are the elders. Philippians chapter 1, 
Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, pause right there, like, like that's an introductory statement. But what we see in this passage is actually something quite beautiful. We, we actually see the entire church present in that introductory statement, right? When Paul says, Paul and Timothy, servants of God, what do you have represented? You actually have the apostles and the founders of the early church present, present there to all the saints in Christ Jesus. That's you and me. Those are all the believers in faith, the individuals who have put their faith in Jesus. Remember, Jeff last week preached about the, a holy nation or a royal priest. Oh, yeah, right? A holy nation, a royal priesthood. Is that how it goes? Yes, yes, that's how it goes. Yes, agree. Um, like, he talked about that. That's, the saints are just another term for that, right? Like, the people of God who put, have put their faith in Jesus Christ. And then, what we also see in this passage, that he includes two more groups. Who are the two groups that Paul includes in that introductory statement? Well, he includes none other than the overseers and deacons. And this is helpful for us to see because it's actually a pattern that we see in the entire New Testament. We see a pattern of who are the leaders in the local church. And, and we see two groups. We see primarily the deacons and we see the, the elders. But before, before we, I want to talk to you about deacons and elders, I want you to notice a couple of things here, first and foremost. When we're, when we're going through this series, when, when we go through this series, this series we're not here to elevate or glorify a position or a group of men. First and foremost, what we see in Philippians is that Christ is the head of the church. We serve one person. We serve one God. We're not here to serve one man. We're serving a living, active God who is present in his church through his spirit. And while we're going through these series, we're talking about biblical leadership. We need to all remember that there is one shepherd that we all follow. And whether there's pastors on staff or whether there are pastors who don't get paid on staff, but who function as pastors in the church, remember that they are under shepherds. They have one boss, one CEO. He's the owner. You can't fire him. You can't impeach him. He's not going to retire. Right? Like, we have one person that we serve, and that's Jesus Christ. And I, and I want to emphasize that because we're, we're often tempted to think, like, we live in a culture now. We live in a culture that we're, we're in, in the Christian circles um, that, that often, let me say this. This is a, a, a loving rebuke. We oftentimes point the finger to the Catholic Church because they pray to saints and Mary. And, and I'm not agreeing with those things. That's not something that we do. We point the finger at them because they venerate Mary and they, they worship saints. But we do it too. You know that, right? Like, we do it with pastors all the time. With celebrity pastors, like we, 
We hang on every single word that they say. And no, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we ought not to listen to, to influential pastors. There are pastors, if you ask some of the pastors on staff, they will tell you, they can tell you who, who I love to listen to, who I enjoy reading their books. They get a book and I'm like ready to read it. But first and foremost, where you don't serve and worship a pastor, that's the problem in our culture today, right? The problem in our culture, in the Christian culture, is that we worship and elevate these men in ways that are ungodly, unholy. We ought to honor the pastors. We ought to love and care for them. But that's a two-way street. I ought to love and honor you as well. We are not more important than you are. But in our Christian culture, we love to celebrate and we love to hang on every single word of these celebrity pastors, and oftentimes they fail us. Oftentimes, many of them have bad theology. What we ought to do is follow Jesus. We ought to be hanging over every single word that he's written in this book. Why? Because he's the head of the church. He's the one that's speaking. Like, if you think, and you're sitting in this room, that Tim Morero is speaking, no, I am not the person that's speaking. It is the Spirit of God who's speaking, who's pointing you to the Word, the living Word, right? What does the Bible say? The, the Bible says that God's Word is active and living. The Word of God, right, is breathed out by the mouth of God, Profitable for teaching, reproach, correction, and what else? Training in the ways of righteousness. So what? The man of God. You and me, the people in the church, can be spurred on to good works. It is Christ who we worship. It is Christ who we look to. It is Christ who we adore. It is not a pastor. It is not the elders that we worship. We worship a God who's living and active in our lives through his spirit who we want to know more about in his word. And we also see in scripture, in just Philippians chapter 1, 1, that the apostles and founders of the early church are still active in the church. Not that they're alive, but that their, their writings are still with us. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, using their words, using their ability they are still active in the church. And what we also see, apart from the apostles and the founders of our faith, we also see the overseers and deacons. And I want to give you a, a quick definition of deacons and, and elders like, to help you understand like, where, where we're not crossing is like, what do the elders do? What do the leaders of the church do? Because today I want you just to know who they are. And I want to give you a definition of, of, of the deacons because that's what Paul is alluding to um, in Philippians chapter one. So these are one of the groups in the church who are leaders. We have deacons in our church. We have men and women who are deacons who serve in the church. And this is a short definition of, of who, what they do. Um, in the church. So deacons are called by God through the Spirit to serve under Christ, to nurture the unity of the church by caring for the physical needs in the church. So, so who are the leaders in the church? Well, the first group that we see in Philippians chapter 1 are the deacons. Deacons meet the physical needs of the church. And by the way, um, I love our deacons here 
they, they do a fantastic job. Because let me tell you something, how, what they do in this church and how they meet the physical needs of our church. Many of our deacons visit those who are shut in, who cannot leave their homes because they're physically unable to, to leave. The, our deacons go serve them and love them and care for them. We have deacons, right, who serve at funerals and weddings. They oversee the procedure, the process, the events. Like we had a funeral or memorial service this weekend and many of our deacons were present to serve the people, to care for the people, to care for the people and the family who are mourning. We have deacons in our church who visit people in the hospital who are sick, who call people on the phone to visit them. We have deacons in the church who care about people's homes, right? Like if there's a project needed to be done in the home because someone can't do it, we have deacons who are dedicated to seeing those projects being done around the house, mowing the lawn, um, washing the windows, whatever it is, like we have deacons dedicated to care for the physical need of our people. And we also have deacons in the church who serve communion, right? The, the people who serve communion are our deacons, Deacons are the ones who meet the physical needs of the church. And one of the biggest examples we see in the Bible for deacons is Acts chapter 6. Now, I preached this a couple of months ago on Acts chapter 6. And, and though Acts and Luke does not say that these are the deacons, but this is the function of the deacon in Acts chapter 6 where, where people needed food. Right? The widows in the church needed, needed a meal. And, and what do we see happen? The apostles decided that there ought to be people in the church to be raised up to meet the physical needs of the church so that the apostles can do what? Be committed to leading the church, praying, and doing the ministry of preaching and teaching. And we need deacons in the church. But you know what we also see in Philippians chapter one? We also see the saints. Now, that's a group of individuals in the church. And, and maybe you don't see yourself as a deacon, but, but if you're in this church who serve in the family ministry, who serve, um, who are greeters at the door, who serve in the parking lots, who lead a Bible study, who oversee a women's Bible ministry, like care ministry, support ministry, like if, if that's you, like you are part of that group of people who are serving in the church, who are called saints. We are all saints in the body of Christ and, and that includes you too. And, and in some sense, um, people who are not called deacons function as deacons who, who care for the church. And, and, and we need deacons. We need deacons to serve. And now I wanna to talk to you a little bit about elders. And, that, and that's the point of, 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 of elders. So now, Paul, in Philippians chapter one, right, he says to the overseers of the church, now, who are the overseers? And, and why does he use overseers? Well, let me give you a definition first, and then, and then we can talk a little bit about that. So here, here's a definition for, for who are the elders of the church. It's very similar to the definition of deacons, but, uh, but just some, some tactical differences. Here, here's a definition that, that we came up with. It's elders are called by God through the Spirit to serve under Christ, to shepherd and oversee the church, Right? called by God through the Spirit to serve under Christ, right? Because that's what I said. 
Jesus is the head of this church. He's the main pastor of this church, and we all serve under him, and the elders are tasked with overseeing and managing the church. And, and the question is, right, like Paul in Philippians chapter 1 uses the word overseers, but then in Titus chapter 1, he uses elders, and then in, in Acts, he'll use, use elders, and then in other parts of the Bible, we'll see that, that the word pastor is used. So, so I want to explain a little bit to give you an idea of like the history and of, of elders, right? Like the, the church, early church, did not decide, oh, we're just going to take a term elders and implement in the church. It comes from somewhere and actually comes from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, particularly in Numbers chapter 11, right, Moses is tasked to do what? He is tasked to lead the people. And one of the ways that Moses is tasked to lead is to lead through the elders. And, and simply a, a short history of the elders in the Old Testament were, were older men among the people who lived in the towns and the cities who took over and managed the people of God. They helped with making rulings and judgments in the town, and they helped with managing the area where there was a need, they were the ones who were taking care of that need. And, and when you get to Moses' time, one of the functions of the elders of the congregation, meaning of the people of God, they were to help Moses lead. They were to help Moses lead and manage millions of people. And when we get to the New Testament and we see elders in the New Testament, well, we see in the church, takes that word, takes that meaning, and, and, and uses it in the church for a position and an office. And I want to give you three words. Um, I'm going to give you some Greek words. It's okay. It's fine. By the end of it, we'll be speaking Greek, and we'll be eating Mediterranean food by the end of the service. Um, so these are three terms. I want to show you these terms. Like, remember, I'm just, we're just introducing the idea of elders. We're we're here not to talk about their roles and functions. We're here just to, to talk about who are the leaders of the church. And I'm simply saying that the leaders of the church, one group is called deacons, and another group is called elders. And there are three words that we see in the New Testament that refer to the same office. These are interchangeable. Now, there are some denominations that would say, no, um, each of these words means something completely different. They actually refer to three different positions. But that, I don't think that's the case. Um, that's not what most scholars believe. Um, most Protestant scholars believe that when you see these three terms, they refer to the same office, the same position. The first word is elder, and the Greek word for elder is presbyteros. Say that with me. Presbyter, yeah, you go. You got it. You guys are speaking Greek today. And that just means, um, we translate that word elder, but it just means one who is older, right? It just means one who is older. Now you're asking yourself, do the leaders need to be older? Um, no, no, no. That's, that's not what's implying. What it's implying is wisdom and knowledge. People in the church who, who had wisdom and knowledge to offer. The other word that you see that is used in the New Testament is overseer. 
is called Episcopos. Oh, let me say this about the Presbyteros. Um, you hear the word Presbyterian, right? Like that's where the Presbyterians say they use an elder and they use a Presbytery, right, to oversee the function of the denomination and then they have elders of the church. And then you see the second word, overseer, Episcopos, and that means one who, who looks after. This is a good word, English word is overseer, right? Someone who looks after the church, who manages the church. And you, you hear a word, Episcopos, Episcopalian, right? This is where the denomination, the Episcopalian and the Anglican church use as overseer. They call um, their pastors overseer. And then another word is pastor. It just means shepherd. The only reason why I bring this up is so that you can see, so that you can see that these terms are interchangeable. So when you read your Bible in the New Testament and you come across the word overseer, like we saw in Philippians chapter one, or you come across the word elder, it's referring to the same position and the same office. But here's what we also see um, in, in this passage and also in Titus chapter one, verse five, and what we see in Acts chapter 14, that there's a pattern in the New Testament for biblical leadership. And here's the pattern. The pattern is that every single church in the New Testament, look at me, look at my nose, it has dots on it. That's just to wake up the people who were falling asleep. Um, in the New Testament, there was a pattern. Each and every single church had elders, plural. So the church in Jerusalem, Acts 15, had elders, plural. The church in Ephesus had elders. The church in Crete, where Paul writes to Titus to appoint elders, had elders. The church uh, scattered across the empire, right? Remember, there were Jewish Christians who were scattered all over the world who were being persecuted. And when James talks to them and when Peter talks to them, he also refers to them as elders, plural. There's a consistent pattern in the New Testament in which the local body of believers are shepherded. That means that they're pastored, they're overlooked by a plural of ordained elders. So that means that each and every church in the New Testament didn't have just one pastor, didn't have one elder, didn't have one overseer. Each church always had multiple pastors, multiple elders in the church. Now, we'll talk about the function. You're like, wait a minute, Tim, but you're the only person on the stage who's speaking. Does that mean in the future we're gonna have multiple people on the stage preaching at the same time? No, no, no. it just means that the work of the pastorate, the work of the elders is not done by one person, but is done by multiple people. And, and I'm gonna give you a quick couple of reasons of why that's important. Yeah. One of the reasons why it's important that we have a plurality of elders, why there shouldn't be just one person, is so that there's accountability. You don't want one person making all the decisions. You want multiple people to have a voice, to have a perspective, to lead and guide the shepherd. Right? Like I said before, like in the culture of celebrity 
pastorism, whatever you want to call it, right? Like oftentimes we see that these men are not kept accountable and oftentimes like you read them in the newspaper all the time or on social media, on Twitter, right? Like these pastors like end up doing something crazy. Well, because like there's no accountability. There's no one there to hold them accountable because they stand there alone. The, the benefit of having multiple pastors is so that there's accountability. Also, the benefit of having a plurality of elders is so that multiple people can do the work of the ministry. It's very difficult to do ministry by yourself. It's not God's design. God designed leadership, biblical leadership, to be done with other people. Especially when we live in a culture of mistrust. So, so what we see in the book of Acts and what we see in the New Testament books, we see a plurality of elders, meaning multiple pastors who do the work of the ministry who serve in different capacities, but have a common goal, who work for one person, Jesus Christ, our good shepherd. I want to read you Acts 14, 23, because I think it's important for us to, to read this. I'll, I'll read it quickly. You, they'll have it on the screen. It's Acts 14, 23, and it says, and when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they have believed. I want to read you another translation that I think is beautiful because I want to speak to the mistrust really quickly. Like, like where our hearts are tempted to mistrust men and leaders of the church. I, I, I want to show you, right? Because many of you are sitting there and saying like, that's a, even among many pastors, that's a lot of power to lead a congregation. That's a, that's a lot of work for them to be doing. And you're saying they're supposed to keep each other accountable, but, but Men are sinful. Leaders are sinful, right? Like, look at corporate America. Look at our, you know, politicians. Look at the people on social media. Look at the media itself. Like, they're all messed up. They're all corrupt. Like, what is supposed to keep these leaders of the church from being corrupted? Well, Acts 14. I want to read a different translation to help you understand how how that works. I'm going to read you this translation. It says, Paul and Barnabas also appointed elders in every church with prayer and fasting. They turned the elders over to the care of the Lord in whom they had put their trust. Where we live in a culture of mistrust, here in the church, when we raise up elders among the congregation, we entrust them to the Lord. We say, God, this is your church. You are the leader. You are the one that's working in and through them. And you are going to do a work that we cannot. We entrust them to the Lord. Next week, we'll talk about character and heart. That, that like where, where we say, wait a minute. Like how are we supposed to trust these pastors? Well, we'll talk, right? Like, like these pastors, these elders have a character and a heart behind them that that we ought to look for. We also see, right, that, that the benefit of having elders in the church for us is so that they can protect us from false doctrine and false teaching. So biblical eldership, what we see is two groups, right? The deacons and the elders. And, 
and we, we, we answered the question of why we need leaders in the church, and we kind of identified who are these leaders, but, but my encouragement to you this morning is that as you sit there listening to me talk, taking diligent notes, like I want you to be reminded, first and foremost, I'll repeat it again, that we serve a God who's in charge. We serve a God who's leading our church. We trust him. And where we mistrust leaders, we put our hope in him. We put our, we put our, our, our hope in his word. Like the reason why God has given us leaders in this church is not just to lead, but to be with you, to care for you, to love you. Those are the people that we're looking for. Not individuals who are looking for selfish gain, who are looking for a title. And also too, biblical leaders are not just people who are capable. They run a fantastic business and they're able to speak all the organizational leadership jargon in a way that's understandable and they can help us. No, 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 no. that's not a leader. A leader is a, a person, an elder is a person who is after the heart of God, who pleads on behalf of God day in and day out for his congregation. An elder of the church is the man of God who says, God, we need you, we need you here now. An elder is the leader of the church who, who is willing to do whatever it takes to rescue the 99, I mean, the one that has gone, forsaking the 99. Why? Because elders are to mimic the person of Jesus Christ. They are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. But we all play a role. And where we're talking about elders, I want you to remind yourself that you are part of this church too. You play a role. What gifts and talents has God given you? What are the capabilities that, that, that can benefit the church? Not the building and not the organization, but the people. Right? What, what is your role in all this? And and the way to respond to a message like today, where there's a lot of teaching and not a lot of rah, 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 is to pray before the Lord God. Who are the leaders in our church? Who are the men who are going to lead in our church? Would you raise them up? Identify them. And if you're, if you're a man in this church and, and you've been sitting by the sidelines, this is time to pick up a shovel and work like I did yesterday at Camp Carl, right, Rob? Right, like this is our time and opportunity to all work for the kingdom of God. Like, what do you want it to be said of you on your tombstone? Like, I want my tombstone. I'm sure this is for many of you that I gave my life to the church. I gave my life for the people, right? What does Paul say in Thessalonians? I travail like a mother giving birth to see Christ forming you. That's our heart's desire. Every elder in the church should have that desire and that passion to see Christ be formed in every single person in the church. Who are those people? Are they in this room today? Let's pray for them. Let's, let's pray that God would raise up these men in the church to lead in God. And, and then ask yourself this morning, what is your role in this church? Let's pray. Gracious God, you are good. You are great. And we trust you and you alone. We put our hopes and plans in you alone. Where the world is trying to navigate 
the deep parts of life's questions, God, we know the answer, and the answer is Jesus. You are our good shepherd who leads us and guides us. God, I pray for this church. I ask you, Lord, that you would identify the leaders of the church. And I pray that you would put in the hearts of every single person in this room a desire to lead, a desire to guide, a desire, Lord, to see Christ be formed in every single person. I pray this in Christ's name and the people of God say. This has been a message from the chapel. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about the chapel or any of our campuses, including Akron, Green, Wadsworth, Kenmore, Cuyahoga Falls, Nordonia, and Medina, please go to our website at thechapel.life.